Take a deep breath, gather yourself. <laughs> Hello and welcome to another episode of Short Rest. I'm Jason, your producer and also Max the Goblin Detective. This is the Short Rest before episode 15 of Deep Trouble. I'm very excited about all the things that we have coming up, but I'm also very excited to be talking to a really good friend of mine, RJ. Hi, RJ. Hi. How are you? I'm pretty good. So let me tell you a quick story about my buddy, RJ. Years ago, I discovered Tumblr and, um, you know, take from that what you will. I fell down this hole full of uh, different content creators, if you want to call it that, back in the Tumblr era uh, and artists and cosplayers. And I found uh, my buddy, RJ, through a really weird band that doesn't exist anymore, but um, uh, we became friends and became Tumblr friends, then Facebook friends, Facebook friends turned into like real life friends. And uh, you started your D and D adventure as I was getting back into my D and D adventure with fifth edition and so I want to, you are brand new to D&D, brand new to DMing. And so I wanted to talk to you all about that stuff. Yeah. How did that, how did your decision to, hey, I want to play this game. I don't have anybody to run the game for me. So I'm going to run it for my family and my friends. How did that work? It, it was actually kind of foisted upon me. Um, I, I had discovered D&D through the Adventure Zone, as, as probably a lot of people have nowadays. And uh, I'd gotten my entire family and friends and all of my acquaintances into it, as one is wont to do. And um, for Christmas one year, my family had decided to gang up and buy me a starter set uh, with the expectation that I would then DM for everyone. But I guess they were right, because I immediately just fell right into it and have never climbed back out of that hole. What do you find interesting or uh, appealing as being the dungeon master in a D&D game? Well, uh, I've always been a writer and one of my biggest issues as a writer has been just straight up plot, just getting plot out. Like I can do dialogue, characters, all that, but I've always had an issue with just like plotting through the plot, if you will. Um, And in D&D, I can just let my players do that for me. And I just create around them as they go. Before I ask this question, one of my favorite things about my week is when you and I kind of rehash your sessions (laughs) with your players. Um, In a previous short rest, we talked to our friend Rain, who is one of your players in your Saturday D&D games. What is your favorite part about preparing games for either your family or your friends? Uh, For my family, it's sort of a labor of love. Um, You know, we started this adventure and now we're in it together Uh, with my Saturday group, which is currently my only other group. It's, it's absolutely more just freedom to let my brain run wild. And my Saturday group is entirely homebrewed. So the probably my favorite part of that is having the PCs, having the player characters and being able to, weave them and their backstories like directly into the plot so they get more into it and it becomes easier for me to build a plot around that 
yeah, I mean, I, I tend to be very character centric and it might not always come across, but uh, I think that's the way it should be. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, do you use any specific tools to help you plan your sessions? Um, I keep a meticulous campaign journal where I sort of keep track of basic like plot outcome trees of what might go on, um, diagrams, stats, and all that. I also have uh, a very large document on my computer where I keep all of my world building information. Other than that, I tend to be super duper like pen and paper. You know, I print out stat sheets, character sheets. I, you know, I make my own printouts for my DM screen. I'm not a big like roll 20 person or anything like that. One of the things that I know that I enjoy and I know that you enjoy because you and I have talked about this personally, but coming up with new characters and specifically NPCs, you and I have had many, many conversations that surround your love for whichever new NPC that you have come up with. How do you make your NPCs interesting? I think partly the same way that I try to make my PCs interesting, which is I try to find some sort of contradiction in them and dance around that, bounce around that, use that as a basis to focus on. Um, I want to use an example that we've talked about, but I don't want Rain to hear it. (laughs) Um, I have a lot of NPCs that have happened accidentally. Most DMs know you'll create a PC or an NPC on the fly just because your players have done something and gone somewhere that you didn't expect them to. And you get a fun voice going and all of a sudden all your players are in love with them and that NPC becomes pivotal to the plot. Um, Oh, yes. I know that very well. Right, Shifty Um, Algram? Anytime that happens, um, I tend to run with it and I keep really on point notes as I'm going of like weird little stuff that uh, I'm improving at the time that this character is sort of becoming important. And then I build around that. I need to do that. (laughs) I need to take better notes. I am DMing Waterdeep Dragon Heist on Mondays and I have a ton of NPCs. Uh, Most of them are either from the adventure itself or from some supplemental material that I get on DMs Guild. But It's then taking these NPCs that have been created for me and making them my own. And so I need to take better notes in what I do. And uh, the voices that I use, do you use voices for your NPCs? Oh, my God, do I ever. (laughs) A huge issue for me is keeping track of what NPCs have, what voices, because I get a little off the rails. I go real heavy on character voices, though. Um, like, I have a, a pair of brothers in Neverwinter in one of my campaigns that are, as it, they're cousins, I'm sorry, and they're sort of Germanic, frantic. Uh, one of them's name is Heimlin Arschol, and the other one is uh, Heiser Douchebag. And they're both jewelers, and they're both focused on arcane jewelry, so they're actually very, like, helpful to the plot. But, you know, they come in like this, and they're recommending the cousins so they can help out with, you know, this thing or that thing or whatever, and they get really <laughs> frantic and into it. Oh, I love it. What are some of the misconceptions about being a dungeon master that you have encountered as you have been uh, in your, at your adventure so far? I think a, a big misconception is, like, the concept of the DM is God. I would agree with that, but I think not in a way that like a lot of people sort of come out the gate behaving around it. You know, like you are 
you are in charge of, you know, world building and, and ultimate say on rules calls. But the goal in that is not to, you know, be some dreadful overlord. The, the goal behind that is to form the entire world basically around these players in this adventure. And, and obviously the world should exist outside of the players because that's how, you know, consequences happen. But that, that godhood is not, you know, the all powerful smiter that some people try to be with it. It's, it's, you know, a Jesus walking with you on the beach and carrying you when you only see one set of footprints. Right. <laughs> In that case, it's because Banthas and Sand People ride single file to hide their numbers. <laughs> exactly, yeah. How do you feel about the let's start in a tavern trope? I don't hate it. I, there are a lot of people who hate on it, but honestly, it's it's one of the easiest ways to just, especially if you're just doing a one shot, it's easier than, you know, formulating some rando reason these incredibly disparate and random people come together for no discernible reason you can you can create just about any distraction or hook that you want you know with these bunch of random people drinking in a bar it's true and uh while i know that not a lot of people have used this while running waterdeep dragon heist i love that waterdeep dragon heist starts in a tavern for a very specific reason and it's you know like i love it i love let's start in a tavern Just, it's it's classic and it's helpful for DMs, yeah. For sure. And speaking of starting in a tavern, uh, Critical Role Season 2, they started in a tavern. And uh, I think it kind of surprised a lot of the audience. Uh, I was watching that first episode live and seeing people react to, oh my God, they're starting in a tavern. was very funny. But uh, now that D&D has developed this uh, brand of mainstream celebrity, we've got Critical Role, we have uh, Adventure Zone, we have Acquisitions Incorporated. Are there any DMs that you have been watching or that you pay attention to that you look to first when you're going for inspiration? If I'm going for inspiration, i got to go classic Matt Mercer when it comes to specifics and strategy and the technicalities of everything. Um, Matt Colville is really who I sort of started out with and who I sort of check up with the most. Mercer has an amazing, incredible, vast and furious imagination. Um, and there's just so much there to, to pick from and work off of and enjoy and celebrate. Um, but Colville, when it comes down to it, just has the specifics down and he's got the politics down. He's got, you know, the, the you know, army fight stats down. Uh, what do you take away from them that you have infused into your own sessions? I, I don't know so much that Colville has showed up in my sessions so much as like my baseline confidence as a DM and my ability to handle situations. Oh, yeah, for um, sure. I think. I think Mercer shows up more in my feeling free to do my silly character voices and faces and really just dive into the whole thing. Now, you started playing D&D as a dungeon master and have just recently been able to enjoy the game from the other side of the screen as a player. And I want to know, what is the difference for you being, finger quotes, relatively new to the game? 
I mean, it's it's a, I don't want to say night and day because it's, you know, obviously not night and day, but the, the, the difference is huge. And the I mean, the most relieving part of being a player for me is that I can just, you know, make a character sit down and have fun. Whereas, you know, DMing, I got at least probably three, four hours of work on my hands prepping for each week's campaign. And it's all a lead up and I'm, you know, using my own references the whole time and making sure I get everything and taking notes and everything. And, and being a player, I can just sort of sit back, relax and have fun, which is just so good. Of your player characters that you have on deck, who is your favorite to play? Oh, Stench. 100% Stench. <laughs> awesome. Uh, for those of you who don't know, which is everyone except Jason and Rain, Stench is a, he's a goblin paladin of Torm, and he's just a strange little boy who wants to do good, but has no idea what that means. I love that there are so many good-facing goblins in D&D right now, with yeah. Nod, Max, and Stench. I just, I love it. Goblins are great. It's the great goblin golden age. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you come up with character concepts? Well, I, like I mentioned earlier, when I come up with uh, NPCs, I try to focus on contradiction. And I absolutely do that with player characters, too. What I'll start with is I'll start by just writing down a list of races that I find interesting and a list of classes and subclasses that I find interesting. And I'll just go through drawing lines between which <laughs> ones of them seem the least likely as a combination. Um, and I'll immediately go with that. <laughs> Which everyone I, sort of jumps out at me. I, I do enjoy those moments when I get this immediate uh, Facebook message that's like, hey, I have <laughs> this and this and this. Which of these combinations is good? Is good? And I'm like, ah, they're all really good, but it depends on which way you're looking at the game. Uh, how do you feel about the, the munchkin stereotype, right? Like the min-maxer, the person that is going for... Uh, maximization yeah. over, you know, flaw and character. I mean, it's, it's definitely a strategy, but I feel like that makes people too focused on combat and like alignment than on just having fun with the character and rolling with it. My, my partner min max is sometimes for sure. Um, but he also gets really into the, the role play of it, but I mean, to each their own, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna knock min maxing, um, but I'm I'm absolutely more of a who's this weird person and what'll they do? So from both sides of the screen in D and D, whether it being a DM or being a player, what are your favorite parts of preparing to sit down at the table? Well, as a player, I I think just delving into that character and that I mean that even includes you know rolling stats and and picking out spells and feats and all that because it all just kind of helps me flesh out this character and I get sort of more and more like hyper and excited as I go about it um as as a dm I think the most exciting parts of prepping are probably when I accidentally hit on a plot point or an event or a character that I know is just gonna set things off with my players and just like snowball into something incredibly fun. I dig it. I feel the same way. What do you hope that our audience takes away from your style of play? From little old me? Mm -hmm. um, I guess I hope they take away what I encourage most new DMs and players with, which is the rules are a framework and the rest of it is just having fun with 
people that you know or that you don't know and and exploring all the stuff that you don't get to explore in everyday life, like watching enormous fighters fall from a crack in the sky, you know, <laughs> just having fun with stuff like that. Yes. Uh, when are we going to take stench onto the high seas in the ghosts of Saltmarsh? Uh, as you know, I, I recently have stumbled upon quite an, a bit of free time. So uh, whenever you'd like, because stench on the high seas is a whole new adventure in the waiting. That's true. We will have to wait until the book comes out. <laughs> That's Ghosts of Saltmarsh. It's the new book from uh, Wizards of the Coast, and it's gonna it's gonna take place in Greyhawk. How familiar are you with? the the difference between like the forgotten realms and greyhawk when it comes to D settings almost unentirely right so i that that's one of the things that i'm so excited about is that yeah. uh because D started in this world of greyhawk or well, it started eh, you know like it was one of the big worlds that gary gygax created was this world of greyhawk yeah. and then forgotten realms was different and new and with most of fifth edition stuff having already taken place in the forgotten realms for an adventure to come out that's set in a whole new world is very exciting for me. The ultimate irony for me there is that the, uh, before about a year or so ago, when I actually started getting into D and D, my only exposure to D and D was reading R.A. Salvatore books years and years and years ago. What is the most interesting name you have come up with for a character? I mean, honestly, probably stench. Oh, uh, I do have, <laughs> I do have a, a, a halfling drunken monk right now whose name is Murfin Merrymaker, Ooh. who is actually a grave digger. I remember when you were coming up with that character concept. I think yeah. that Gilly Goodnight and uh, they would get along very well. I'm sure. I mean, it was it was between that or a, a Smurf Neblin Necromancer. Oh right, <laughs> that's right. I'm real glad you convinced me to go with the monk there. Yep. Yep. Monks are fun. I love monks. They're One of my first characters fun. was a warforged monk. And uh, <laughs> I, I want to, man, I need to revisit that character. I want to play an Eberron. Somebody please DM me in a game I of Eberron. Ravnica. Out there. Yeah. See, there's so many great settings, right? We've got Greyhawk. We've got Forgotten Realms. We have Ravnica. I forgot. I totally forgot that they did Guildmaster's Guide of Ravnica when I was saying the whole whole new world thing. Yeah. Cue the Little Mermaid. Well, RJ, my friend, thank you so much for sitting down and talking with me for 20 minutes. Well, thanks so much for having me, bud. Yeah, I hope that you enjoy the rest of our uh, season of the podcast, and I'm very excited to follow along with all the stuff that you do. Yeah, I'm, I'm slowly but surely chugging away at it. Excellent. And um, yeah, you can find RJ and me at PAX Unplugged, PAX Unplugged next year, where yeah. we will be dominating something. I don't know. Inevitably. <laughs> anyway, that's it for us. Uh, thank you so much for listening and stay tuned next week for the last episode of Deep Trouble. Deep Trouble.